Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? Again, what a time it is to be a Giants fan. Welcome back to the Say Hey Podcast, episode 48. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. So hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. Folks, I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it. The San Francisco Giants have now won five of their last six series. They now have 14 wins on the year, and they are one of the best teams in all of baseball. You absolutely cannot convince me otherwise, so please... Do not try. Also, the combined numbers from the Giants starting rotation during these past four games against the Marlins look like 27 total innings pitched, a combined ERA of 0.67, 28 strikeouts in those 27 innings, and a whip of 0.444. Holy hell, this is fantastic to watch. This is great baseball. If you are just joining the Giants bandwagon, welcome. Stay a while. All are welcome. All fans are welcome. Folks, this is crazy. I still can't believe it. The Giants are still in second place in the National League West, and they are tied for the second best win percentage in all of baseball with the other team across the bay. That's right, the Oakland A's. And right off the bat, something I realized that's different right away from last year is what I just mentioned. That's right, the starting pitching. In the game of baseball, if you do not have good pitching, you cannot depend on your offense alone to score five, six, seven runs. You have to have a dependable starting rotation, or at least, at least three starters you can depend on. Last year, the Giants had Kevin Gosman. He was dependable, absolutely, but that's all they had. This year, Alex Wood, Anthony Desclafani, Aaron Sanchez, even though he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, he still suppresses the damage. And Johnny Cueto, when he was healthy, oh my god, he was lights out. This right here, everybody, is exactly how the Giants are maintaining this insane winning culture that's been established so early on this season. Are the bats there right now? No, not necessarily. I'll still be realistic here, but they will come. They absolutely will come. The contact that all of these Giants hitters have been making with the baseball all year, again, barrel percentage, I've talked about it all year, means that the results are going to be there eventually. Again, making great contact with the baseball and not seeing results is not something that's sustainable in the game of baseball. The ball will fall, it will find a hole, and players are going to get on base, and this offense will be substantial again. And what a perfect time to get the offense started against the Colorado Rockies. That's right. The Giants just won three games out of four against the Marlins at home, and they now take on the Rockies at home, which is weird because the last time they played the Rockies, it was also at home at Oracle Park. Usually it switches, but who am I to complain about more home games? Anyways, along with talking about the preview of this Rocky series, I'm just going to go ahead and highlight 
individual player performances who I think, in my opinion, need to be recognized. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the show. Starting with Logan Webb. That's right. Holy shit. Yesterday, Webb pitched a fantastic game. He went seven innings, only gave up three hits and three walks. But more importantly, he did not give up a single run, and he struck out eight batters. That's right. Logan Webb pitched seven innings of shutout baseball and struck out eight. This was by far the best outing of the season for Webb, and this was also one of the best outings of his career, in my opinion. I had to go back and double-check on some numbers, but... Eight strikeouts is, in fact, the most of his career, but yesterday wasn't the first time he did it. He also struck out eight batters last year against the Diamondbacks. All right, so what happens now? Well, now we wait and see. We wait and see if he can live in this area code of success or if this was just a fluke. I'd like to think that what happened during this outing yesterday is everything Logan Webb is capable of doing on a weekly basis, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens when he faces a new team. All of his pitches were working for him yesterday, especially the slider. The fastball and the changeup were working as well, but man, he generated some pretty dramatic whiffs on that slider. So well done, Logan Webb. Moving on to another starting pitcher, Alex Wood. During his second start against the Fish, Alex Wood absolutely dominated. He pitched seven innings of one run ball. He only gave up one hit, which was a solo home run from Jazz Chisholm that came in the first inning, but after that, Wood became completely dialed in. He would go on to strike out seven Marlins hitters and only walk one. I mentioned this during Thursday's episode, but after watching two starts now from Wood, and to be honest, this is the most starts I've ever watched from Wood for obvious reasons, but now that I've been able to digest what he can do when he's healthy, it's absolutely no wonder to me how he produced a 16-3 record and a 2.72 ERA during the 2017 season. The man is fast-paced and it completely disrupts the timing of the hitters. Wood only throws three pitches, his fastball, slider, and his changeup, and he's completely mastered how to use and locate all three pitches. Even though the fastball sits around 92 miles per hour, it still manages to sneak up on opposing hitters because of how fast his delivery is. When you pair that with his slider that has a swing and miss percentage of 47%, so almost 50% opposing hitters are swinging and missing, you really start to understand how Wood has been able to find success before. The Giants have always known that they can depend on Gosman. Over the past month, it's proven that they can depend on Descofani as well. And now, well, Alex Wood is also proving he can be a third pitcher in this starting rotation that Giants can depend on every week. This only makes the Cueto injury hurt that much more because if the Giants had all four starting pitchers, there's no telling where they would be right now. Moving on to another starting pitcher, Kevin Gosman. Okay, sure. Let's talk about Gosman. What do you want to know? The only thing I have to say is that he's a freaking beast. He pitched eight innings against the Marlins, only gave up one earned run, one walk, and oh yeah, struck out 11. At this point in Gosman's career, we know exactly what we're getting from him. We are getting the reliable ace of this staff who knows how to rack up a shit ton of strikeouts and who also knows how to win games and keep opposing hitters off-balanced. Moving on to some of our favorite hitters, Mike Yastrzemski. Yaz homered in back-to-back games during Friday and Saturday's game, which is awesome that he's getting some big hits because he also managed to hit a double during the first game of this series against the Marlins and another one yesterday. But the only problem right now is that he's not really hitting for average. For example, during Saturday's game, Yaz did manage to launch a ball into McCovey Cove in the bottom of the ninth, but the three at-bats prior, he struck out all three times. 
I love that we're starting to see some long balls from Yaz, but I also wouldn't mind seeing a more consistent approach from him, but it's still very early on in the season. I absolutely have no doubts Yaz will find his way back on track sometime soon, and just so you all know, Yaz just so happens to be on pace to hit 31 home runs over a full-length season, but what might arguably be even more impressive is that he's also on pace to hit 39 doubles. This is also a reason why I have no doubt that Yaz will find his way. Moving on to another favorite hitter, that's going to be Brandon Belt. A little fun fact for you all. I know you weren't looking for this stat, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to you anyways. Brandon Belt is actually on pace to steal 17 bases this year, so that's pretty sick. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, but it's fun to think that it's a possibility. However, moving on, in terms of his bat... Over his past seven games, Belt has produced a 318 batting average and has hit three doubles and two home runs while walking five times. I will say, however, that Belt, just like Yaz, is striking out a little more than I would like him to, but I'm also not going to complain about it too much because the big hits are there. I'm also super excited for this upcoming series against the Rockies because the Giants always hit against the Rockies, and a player I'm excited for in particular is Alex Dickerson. Now, here we go with my crazy stats again. Bear with me. Based on the quality of contact Dickerson is making with the baseball this season, he should be sporting a 326 batting average this year. Dickerson is barreling the ball up, but for whatever reason, as I've said countless times before, the hits just haven't come, but that doesn't mean they won't. Last year, Dickerson produced a 462 batting average against Colorado. No, not just in Denver. Literally, Every time he played Colorado, combined, he produced a 462 batting average. He hit seven doubles and six home runs against his team last year, and I think this is the perfect series for him to get back on track. But of course, as soon as I say that, it looks like the Giants take on a lefty for the first game of this series against the Colorado Rockies. It also just so happens to be Austin Gomber, who we all know I clearly misjudged during the last game the Giants faced him. And during that last time, Gomber pitched 6.1 innings, only gave up one hit and two earned runs, and managed to strike out five Giants batters. This was the game Johnny Cueto had an unbelievable performance during the home opener of the season. This is going to be a big game for the right-handed bats because Gomber has a huge sweeping curveball that does not match up well for opposing left-handed hitters. But truthfully, his curveball does not match up well against any hitters, considering that opposing hitters have only been able to produce a 130 batting average against that pitch. It also doesn't help that the Giants are dealing with some DL problems at the moment. That's right. We all know Solano is on the DL, but after yesterday's game, we now know that Yaz is dealing with oblique tightness, and I guess Wilmer Flores needed an IV in the dugout during yesterday's game, so I don't know what the hell is going on with that right now. Longoria has been on the bench for three straight games now because he's nursing a sore hamstring and Brandon Crawford has a quote side tightness. So as of right now, the Giants called up Jason Vossler yesterday who not only got his first hit of his career, but he also launched a ball to the center field wall, but unfortunately was caught by Adam Duvall. So Vossler's called up. That's great. He's ready to go, but he's a lefty. So I'm not sure if he'll play tonight, but my goodness, here we go. My goodness. Wouldn't it be sweet if the Giants called up Elliot Ramos. The man is destroying baseballs at the alternate training site, and he's a right-handed hitter. Probably won't happen this year so soon into the season, but you never know. It'll be interesting to see what lineup Kapler decides to put out there tonight. All I know is Gomber might give this team some trouble like he did a few weeks ago, 
and it would definitely help if the Giants had as many right-handed bats as possible. On the hill for the Giants is going to be Anthony Desclafani. And what did he do the last time he faced his team? Great question. He pitched six innings of shutout baseball and racked up eight strikeouts. Absolutely dominating. Not only was the outing great, but on the year, Descofani has produced a 2.14 ERA. So all of his outings have been great, except for his last outing against the Phillies. But that game featured a heavy dose of rain, which of course made it hard to have top-tier control of pitches. But even then, he only gave up three earned runs. I fully expect Descofani to get back on track against the Rockies. And I also expect this game to feature a bit of a pitching duel between him and Gomber. Moving on to the second game of this series, and that's going to be Tuesday night. It's going to be a matchup between Chi-Chi Gonzalez for the Rockies and Aaron Sanchez for the Giants. There's really not much to say. The Giants have to win this game. There's not really any excuse. Chi-Chi Gonzalez is not elite in terms of opposing pitchers by any means. And the Giants just have ownage on him. There's no more excuses anymore. This offense has to barrel the ball against this pitcher. Brandon Crawford, over the course of his career against Chi-Chi Gonzalez is 3-for-7 with a double and a home run. Alex Dickerson is 10-for-6 with three doubles. That's right, Dickerson needs to go off this series. Wilmer Flores is 2-for-5. Tommy LaStella is 2-for-3 with a double. And Yaz is 2-for-7 with a home run. If it's true that Yaz is in fact dealing with this oblique injury and it keeps him out a few days, then Dickerson has to be the anchor. Dickerson and Bell both have to be the anchor of this offense. And there's literally no better game to get back on track. The man is batting 600 against Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Dickerson needs to be the MVP of this game. Then, the final game of this three-game series at home is going to feature a matchup between Herman Marquez and Alex Wood. And this matchup might prove to be a little tough for the Giants hitters, but at the same time, it shouldn't. During his last outing against the Giants, he struck out seven batters, and I think it was like five or six consecutive strikeouts in a row during that outing. But anyways, moving on to the history that the Giants have against Marquez, Brandon Belt is 10 for 24 with a double, two triples, and a home run for a batting average of 417. Brandon Crawford is 10 for 28, a double, triple, home run, batting average of 357. Alex Dickerson again, 7 for 15, three doubles, a home run, a 467 batting average, and the list goes on and on. I cannot express to you all enough that this has to be the series the Giants' bats come back to life. This series right here, it's got to be the one where the bats become dialed in and all the pieces offensively start to click. Because you know who the Giants face after this? That's right, the Padres. And this time around facing the Padres, they are going to have a healthy Fernando Tatis Jr., who, yes, just hit five home runs in three games. And the Padres are also coming off a series win against the Dodgers. They won three games out of four in LA, which means they have an insane amount of momentum going for them right now. And that also means the Giants need to start clicking offensively if they want to have any chance of winning any games against this Padres team. And I think this series that starts tonight against the Colorado Rockies is the perfect time to get dialed in. So with that being said, which games do I think the Giants have a best chance at winning? Well, Game 1 tonight, in my opinion, might be the toughest matchup. Austin Gomer proved that he can give this Giants team a run for their money, and he proved that he can keep the right-handed hitters off balance as well as the left-handed hitters. So if that's the case tonight, then it might be a tough game for the Giants offensively. But I will say, the thing about Austin Gomer is that he walks a lot of people. 
So the Giants do need to execute when there's runners on bases. That's going to be something else that they have to do tonight. They have to execute on all the opportunities that they get because they may not get another one when Austin Gomer is on the mound. But if they can win this game tonight, then I think they have an excellent shot at sweeping the Rockies. Chichi Gonzalez is not a formidable opponent, in my opinion. I think the Giants' bats will have their way with him. And Herman Marquez, even though he's good, and I actually think he's the unofficial ace of this staff, either him or John Gray, the Giants have an insane amount of success against Herman Marquez, and Alex Wood is on the mound for that series. So I honestly have no doubts that the Giants are going to be able to win the last two games. The only challenge will be tonight. So that's my final take. Realistically, the Giants will win one game, obviously. It's probable that they'll win two, and the chance of winning three slash sweeping the Rockies is high, but it's not guaranteed against Austin Gomer. So we'll see what happens tonight. All right, everybody, that is going to be all for today's show of the Say Hey Podcast. Again, thank you so much for investing your time to listen to what I have to say about our favorite team, the San Francisco Giants. Folks, you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined. Also, folks, if you haven't watched a lot of Giants games this year, I encourage you to do so because what's happening right now this season is truly, truly special considering the type of team Farhan Zaidi has been able to put together. So be sure to start watching some games. It's early on in the season. You have plenty of time to catch up and do so. But other than that, everybody, continue to stay safe. Continue to be smart out there. And most of all, go Giants.